Bretto, can you believe it? The Wellness Summit is almost here. Oh, I'm P. I'm so excited. I don't know what to do with myself. Well, Bretto, it's been two long years since our last Wellness Summit. And if you're listening to this, folks, and don't have a ticket, then... What are you doing? The Wellness Couch family of podcasters gather for two days in Melbourne on Saturday, August 25 and 26, featuring... The Queen of Nutrition, Cindy O'Meara. The rock star of wellness, Dr. Damien Christoph. Connect with your spirit and soul with Barley Bomb survivor, Karen Smith. Self-care is on the menu with Kim Morrison. Master the art of ageing well with the one and only Marcus Pierce. Oh, shucks, Bretto. What about how to recover from rock bottom with Dr. Brett Hill? Master your stress with Dr. Maria Zushman. Get empowered with Imogen Bailey. Female health experts Dr. Andrea Huddleston and Ashley Bond. Master your sleep with Audra Starkey. The natural nutritionist Steph Lowe. Australian Idol winner, Wes Carr. Woohoo! And Quirky Cooking's Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab and a whole lot more. Oh, what a lineup, MP. Seriously, why would you not be coming to the Wellness Summit? Not to mention our world-class exhibition of Australia's most incredible, sustainable wellness products and services. MP, we've done the final layout. There are less than 100 spaces left. And there's only a few discounted tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com. Marcus, be there or be square. Zazen Alkaline Water presents the 2018 Wellness Summit, Saturday, August 25 and 26 at the Collingwood Town Hall. Getting quick, folks. The final release of discounted tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com. See you there, Bretto. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey, Brett. Hey, Damo. What are you working on at the moment, mate? Well, I'm working on a few things, Damo. I'm writing a book, but what I've just finished working on is my Art of Natural Running e-course, oh. and I'm really excited about it. So, you know, I've been going around Australia doing this uh, this live course where I was teaching people how to run naturally, and uh, and what I realized was that I couldn't get around to everybody uh, and that it was hard to get around to everybody all around Australia and even outside of Australia, people who wanted to learn about how to run naturally and how to run it more easily, how to make it more fun and how to get less injuries. And so I decided to put it all together into e-course, which is about five and a half hours worth of video content. Oh, far out. That's unbelievable. Where do people find it? So they can find it at theartofnaturalrunning.com and they'll be able to hear not just from me, but from experts like Danny Dreyer from Chi Running. We've got Kim Morrison. We've got Kelly Starrett from Mobility Ward. And we've even got a guy called The Barefoot Podiatrist, who's my favorite. Good bloke. <laughs> so theartofnaturalrunning.com. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. This is Damien. And this is Brett. I nearly started off uh, the same as what LT did then. How's that? How's that? Well, I noticed that we just went to first names now. Like, we're so famous. We don't even need to use our second names anymore. How's that? <laughs> Not out. Not out. I love it. <laughs> hey, uh, Bretto, um, I want to share a little something with you. Yes, Damo. All right. Well, the other day... Is it, I... is it about self-love? Because I don't want you to share too much about your self-love routine. <laughs> well, we'll get into self-love in a few moments' time okay. when we uh, right. bring... Our gorgeous friend Kim Morrison to the mic, but um, the other day I went to the Innate Summit um, yes. that our great mate Sammy Floriani organised with his beautiful wife Gabrielle mm. Floriani, and uh, they uh, they put together a great uh, event. And at the event, we um, we went to the bar and had a few little drinkies, uh, which is nice, very wellness oriented. And we um, I, was, I was standing there, and a, a 
lovely girl, great friend of mine, came up to me and said, hey, Damo, do you know my brother? And I said, oh, I don't know. She said, and, and I said, how, how would I know your brother? And she said, well, he said that he, he's been hanging out with Damo and heard everything from Damo and, uh, and he, he knows you and, and that you're mates. And I was like, oh, I don't think so. And she said, well, maybe he listens to your podcast or something and, and maybe that's how. And I said, why don't we take a photo and send it to him and say, uh, what a small world, looking forward to catching up soon or something like that. And so we did, we took a photo, we sent it off to him and, and that went well. Anyway, then within one or two seconds, another a bloke comes up to me and he goes, hey, Damien. And I said, yes, mate. And he said, can I get a photo with you? And I said, how come? He goes, you're responsible, you guys, sorry, not me, you guys are responsible for me and my wife getting married. And I said, "That's so good." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, I was uh, chatting to a a, a a German girl in a bar when I was travelling, and uh, <laughs> he she said, "What do you do?'" And he said, "I'm a chiropractor." And she said, "Well, I I know all about chiropractic because I listen to the wellness guys, Brett, Lawrence, and Damien, and in uh, Germany, in Germany, and." She went on to tell him all about chiropractic, probably more than what he even knew about chiropractic. And let's just say the night their relationship got off with a bang, and they are now married, which is unbelievable. And uh, and he's a chiropractor in Sydney, in New South Wales. I mean, in fact, That's he amazing. probably might have even studied with the, with the guy, um, which which is amazing. So wow, yeah. how good is this? I love it. I love the fact that that people who listen in to us consider us mates. I reckon that's awesome because yeah. we want to be all their mates because we love that. Yeah, so love that's really cool. And I love the fact that these relationships starting from the wellness guys is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I've got a similar experience a relationship that somewhat started. Well, it probably wouldn't have ever happened if not for the wellness guys. Well, so. This is it. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing to think that we are, you know, I was suggesting to Marcus, I said, maybe we need to just have a, uh, you know, a wellness relationship show. You know, we can do something <laughs> like uh, The Bachelor, you know. Yes. We could maybe get our friend Tim Robard. He could be the host, I reckon. Oh, yeah. And um, get around we it. could have our little wellness couch show and we can get all these amazing wellness single, singles that listen into our show on board and, you uh, I think it'd be great. What do you reckon, Damo? Yeah, I reckon that's a great idea. Tell us what you think about <laughs> that. And, of course, that would lead us beautifully into this uh, episode with Kim Morrison talking all about self-love. She's got a beautiful book out, a brand-new book, um, and uh, and I think it's amazing. I've, I haven't read the whole book, to be honest with you, but the uh, the title of the book is called The Art of Self-Love. Fall in love with taking care of yourself, mind, body, and soul. And, uh, and our great friend Kim Morrison from Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Meara and Karen Smith. Um, who's also talking at the Wellness Summit coming up in just a couple of weeks' time, has written this book, and we interview her, and we go dark. We go, well, no, don't go dark. We go deep. And she, uh, there's there's a few little tears in this interview too, Bredo. I know. It was a bit emotional at the end. I like that. And, and Damo, the reason you haven't read it all is because no one's read it all. It's only just been finished. So it's not even going to be available anywhere else except for at the Wellness Summit. Yeah, but I've got a free, I've got a, like the PDF bit. That's why I haven't read I it all. I know. I know, but we only got it like yesterday. Oh yeah, but, not a know, speed reader. I'm pretty, I am pretty good actually, but I didn't get oh, yeah. through the whole thing. But uh, yeah, you've done well. I thought I might have been one up on you. Got a book that you didn't get. That, <laughs> that, that would have been a first. No, I've, I've got the book. I've got the book, and I've read some of it, but I haven't got to all of it yet. I haven't read a bit about myself yet, so I'll have to get to that. That's <laughs> yeah, I have to get to that. I might open that up tonight. Hey, Brad, <laughs> let's uh, before we wander on and keep talking forever and ever, a whole another episode. Why don't we bring Kim to the mic? What do you reckon? Good idea, Damo. 
Brett A, today we are joined by the gorgeous Kim Morrison. She's our great mate, great friend, pal, buddy. Uh, she's your running partner and uh, she's lost her voice a little bit and I kind of like it. I've got to tell you, it's, uh, it sounds really <laughs> nice. Hey, uh, welcome to the Wellness Guys show, Kim Morrison. It's wonderful to have you back here on our show with us after a number of years, a hiatus of a number of years. Welcome. Thank you, sweetheart. It is an absolute joy to be with you both tonight. <laughs> Kimbo, that voice of yours is unbelievable. Can you tell us uh, <laughs> why have you got a husky voice at the moment? I know why Brett's got a husky voice, but why have you got a husky voice? Oh, you sweet. Well, I think it's probably which is unusual, I know, but probably the fact that I finally got my book finished and it went off to the printers last Friday. And then I just had my HLE, my Health and Lifestyle Education Program graduation, where I speak for four days, helping all my graduates get through their training. So, yeah, I've had a very big couple of weeks. Any, anyone we'd know, Kim? Doing, uh, doing that's the just graduated. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's a beautiful lady called Steph who happens to be your fiance, <laughs> and she was just extraordinary. She did a great job. God, she's amazing. Uh, it was Seriously, a leading. Serious. It was leading question. I didn't even know that Steph was doing. That was a leading question, Brad. Eh? Have uh, that cheeky little plug there for Steph Ryder, uh, the wellness lifestyle. Uh, you know, uh, actually, uh, Juliet Dyer. Did she graduate as well this weekend? Our Entrepreneurs Award. She she graduated a couple of years ago, wow. and um, yeah, I'm proud to say she won our Entrepreneurs Award. Which so it's only the third time I've given it out. So with all wow. of the things she's doing, she's just extraordinary. Yeah, she's a superstar. I don't know if um if you know Juliet Dye. Do you do you know Juliet Bredo? I, I know of her, but I don't know her personally. Yeah. But uh, I did see I did see that she won that award because I saw a picture of her snuggled up with my fiance. Uh, on social media, so I did know about the award. There you yeah, go. she did really well. There you go. Well, I'm blessed to look after her family as a chiropractor, so I've got to tell you, I'm very happy about that. That's good. I'll have to send her a little texty while we're chatting. Oh, wow. So, Kimbo, <laughs> the uh, HLE program that you run um, obviously attracts millions of people around the, around the world uh, to come and do that, and you're very selective, and you only let a few people do it every year. Um, what, what's involved in that program before we get stuck in talking about your book? Look, it's it's really, if I was to tell, tell you honestly, it is actually a self-care program. But if I sold it as a self-care program, the sad thing is most people don't see that as a priority. So it's broken down into three stages. Stage one is all around essential oils 101. So it's very much around the history and understanding how to use essential oils and plant extracts and how they evolved through time, their chemistry, their makeup, why they're such a beautiful part of our everyday life and how to use them for things from coughs and colds right through to migraines, tummy upsets, and, of course, um, you know, the everyday ailments. So I, th I think it's a really beautiful stage one. Stage two goes more into low-toxin living and how to use essential oils and herbs in as an alternative to the chemicals that are in our everyday products, like cleaning products, our foods. Also, um, just we go into a part in there around, you know, functional movement, how we can get ourselves moving in a, in a very everyday way. And then, of course, we talk a little bit. I'm not a nutritionist, but I certainly quote the beautiful Damien Christoph and Cindy O'Meara a lot through there. And I probably talk a lot through this program as a mum, first and foremost, and all my learnings over the last 20 to 30 years. So it's for the person who's really busy and doesn't really know, or maybe has lost touch with themselves and 
maybe feeling a little bit lost or feeling like there's more to life because then stage three goes into personalities, relationship with self and what it actually means to put yourself at the top of the list. And with the homework each week over a six-month period being um, a ritual each week, it, it gets people into the habit of learning to look after themselves again, which sounds pretty sad, but most of us are not that great at it. So I feel very proud of it. And then, of course, by the time they come to the four-day graduation on the Sunshine Coast, um, they realise it's got nothing to do with that at all and it's all about themselves. And we have a beautiful four days of, of self-exploration and, and really doing some hard work. And we do aroma yoga and we do beautiful beach walks at sunrise and just I don't know if many of us ever take four days out of our lives to just really address what our vision is and where we want to go with the next chapter. So it's my love, it's my passion, it's my last 20 to 30 years' work all put into a, a six-month program, and I feel very honoured to to have been sort of chosen, if you like, to lead it. Oh, it's a great program, Kimmy. I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing it secondhand as uh, Steffi's been going through it, and I know she's been working very hard, and uh, it's great. She's learned so much out of it. So well done. But Kim, you've also written another book. Now, the first thing I want to ask you is, like, are you a bit like me? When you finished your last book, because you've written a few books now, Kim, when you finished your last book, did you have any intention of writing another book? Or were you no. kind of like me where you were like, I'm, I'm done writing. I'm never writing another book again. And then find yourself in the middle of writing another one like I am. Yes, yes. It's it's like it's like a baby, you know. You, you fall pregnant if you're wanting a baby. You fall pregnant, you get all excited. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing out. And then within a few weeks, morning sickness sets in, and you feel like garbage, and you just can't imagine it. And as the baby starts grinding, you guys wouldn't know this, but as the baby starts growing and grinding in your tummy, and you're feeling like, you know, this is just too much. And then you start waddling, and you cannot wait to give birth to it. And my goodness, I'm at that birthing stage she's gone to the printers and I cannot wait to hold her in my hand it's it's been a three-year journey and it's taken me the last eight months to really put it together and I've done a lot of long nights and, and early mornings and I'm just so relieved I got there so yes I'm exactly like you my friend <laughs> Kimbo the uh, the first book that I read of yours was like chocolate for women for women and I loved it, and my wife Amber loves it too. And it's it actually sits beside our bed. Um, it's one of those books that we you know we keep beside our bed, and uh, it's it's just lovely. It's a gorgeous book, and and you can really feel um, you know you coming through the words and through the pages of that book. And when I read the first you know probably thirty or so pages of this book of your new book, um, I could really feel you, and it feels so raw. Like it feels so much like you. It feels like. Um, I've got you there sitting in the Dandenong Ranges at Olinda where we would be doing our breakthrough experiences and you're just chatting away and just sharing about yourself. How did you get, how do you bring you to life on the pages the way that you have? Is it, can you tell us how you do that? Because it's really just quite amazing. Yes, sweetheart. It's, I think, I think, Probably naturally, I'm a storyteller, as you know, and I find that I find the humor in life and stories, and I also feel the pains in life. And I'm probably someone who has quite a strong sense of of other people's suffering and also other people's joy. And I just wanted to write this because I felt that you know, having my 15 year old son sitting on the end of my bed three years ago at the time. Um, feeling very broken and just as Danny and I were going off to sleep he arrived and just 
Yeah, he looked like he'd beaten himself up. He was so upset with life. He didn't believe in himself. He'd lost touch with who he was. He was in trouble at school. He was about to be asked to leave school. He, um, you know, he's he's not a bad kid. He's just, he's a boy that was trying to find himself. And I think, you know, a little bit smart and a little bit um, of a rat bag at times, but certainly not a bad boy. And unfortunately, not all teachers cope with that kind of a boy. And he just felt like the world was on top of him. And he felt like he was a complete and utter, in his words, won't say it, but F up. And I looked at my broken boy and... I remember stroking his head that night and just thinking as a mum, you just want to save your child. And I know Danny was there just looking at his young man, probably even picturing himself at that age. And such a tumultuous time for us as we discover who we are and what it means to be in this world. But when it all feels on top of us, it's very hard to navigate or or think of a way out of it. And for three years, I'd been documenting and diarising since we've been doing the podcasts with you guys. And, and certainly the wellness breakthrough for me in particular is where I really started documenting it when we did our first one and noticing that the breakthrough that so many people come to these things with their own challenges and some more so than others. But it's really about the challenges in life that we're trying to navigate our way through. And so I've taken notes after every summit and every conversation a lot of the time that I've been having over the last few years and I pulled out a piece of paper and I said to Jacob darling it's not that you've it's not that you're an awful person you just you're in a space and a time right now where you've just fallen out of love with yourself and he just looked at me and I said you know what does everybody tell us in order to achieve in life and in order to do well in life you've got to love yourself and it's it's all very good and well to say that, but for many of us, it's a struggle, and it's certainly a struggle at times when we feel like we're on the junk heap of life. So I drew a big heart in the middle of this page, and I looked at him, and I said, all you have to do, darling, is, is fall back in love with you, but do you know how to do it? And he just shook his head with these tears rolling down his face, and I said, well, often in life, you know, things happen. Things can occur where we don't feel great, and so therefore, I'd say that we fall out of the so-called circle of love and right now you've just fallen out of it and I want to ask you what that looks like and I said to him is it is it guilt is it loss is it a sense of not being good enough is it a sense of trying to be liked but you don't feel like you are feeling like you don't fit in feeling like you've set high expectations and you're not achieving that what else is in there and of course things like shame and remorse and loss and and certainly tragedies and all sorts of things that can kick us right in the guts and make us feel like we're not in flow or in love with ourselves or certainly even in love with life and so I said to him sweetheart you've just fallen out of the circle but guess what the first step back in is awareness and when we, in fact, can look at ourselves or we think that we're looking in the mirror and saying awful things to ourselves or when we feel like life's getting on top of us, the minute you have awareness that you're feeling either in the victim place or certainly in a in a well pond of, of neglect and self-sabotage, then awareness is the first step back in and, and awareness that you're doing that. How cool is that? And he just looked at me and I said, well, the second step to make sure you stay aware and in the circle is you've got to do some nice things. You've got to do self-care. Now, that could mean for you, Jacob, going for a run. It could mean, you know, um, running the bath and let's put some magnesium salts and some lavender in there. It could mean eating a really good, beautiful green smoothie. It could mean having a beautiful meal and honouring your body. And, of course, to do that, 
the next step is what I would say is self-discipline. You know, self-care, it takes a lot of work. It's, it's, it's not something that you do one day and then think that that's great. Self-care, and I'm talking about movement, nutrition, um, spirituality, meditation, reading, um, personal growth, all of those things come into self-care. So discipline to me, it could be doing a protocol of some sort. It could be doing something, you know, making sure weekly care with your chiropractor is certainly a form of discipline for self-care. Um, having a monthly massage, maybe a monthly float, um, maybe signing up to a three-year nutrition degree, maybe it's doing an eight-week protocol with Kirsty Worth or with Cindy or with Damo. And, you know, it's really choosing something that's going to call you to action so that we can create a new neurochemical loop pathway to make self-care an everyday part of life. And, you know, Jacob was just looking at me and I said to him, but darling, I'm going to ask you your discipline for the next 28 days is you're not allowed to swear at a teacher. <laughs> and he just sort of sat there looking at me and I said, for 28 days, do you think you can do it? And for a 15-year-old boy, that was the one thing that he chose to do. And so to me, that side of the circle, the first three steps are the doing. And if you really adhere to that for a minimum of 28 days, then I believe it falls naturally into you have better self-control. And when we have better self-control, that leads to more self-respect. And I've asked both my children the question, what do you think is self-respect? And what does someone look like that has self-respect? And I think Taylor nailed it, my my now 20-year-old. And she said, Mum, I think someone with self-respect holds self-regard. And I don't think that they talk awfully about other people. They don't gossip. They, they're really mindful of what they say and they want to they want to learn and they also have regard and listen to other people with care and not only do they care for themselves and and show respect for themselves but they also they show respect and, and regard for the planet and for for each other and for other human beings and you know as, I, as she was saying these these words were just flowing from her lips and I just thought man a 20 year old she's she's got it sorted yet at all my talks lately when I say in the room, can someone tell me what someone with self-respect looks like? The room goes quiet every single time and it's it's almost we've forgotten what self-respect is. So that's why I think the discipline of self-care leads to better self-control. It means you're going to eat better, you're going to move more with uh, intent and, of course, that leads to more self-respect. And to me, the final step of the self-love circle, when you have self-respect, you have self-acceptance and that basically means warts and all. You accept your constraints and your weaknesses or that times sometimes we're not at our best, but you accept that with love, knowing that with awareness back in the circle, we can actually lift ourselves and, and stay continually in the work. And I looked at Jacob and he looked at me and he just, he looked at me with his eyes and he just said, Mum, you've got to get this stuff out there. I've never heard someone explain it like that before. And it shocked me so much that I thought if a 15-year-old boy was willing to listen to me talk for 15-odd minutes and and he said to me, I've got to get this out there, I felt like that was a calling. And, in fact, I felt like it was a responsibility to, to do that on behalf of Jacob. But also the more people I've shared it with over the last couple of years, the more I've realised that this work, it's not profound. It's not like I'm doing something really extraordinary. I think I'm just, I want, I'm probably having, being an athlete, I'm probably got more of a, a an athlete's mindset. So give me a pathway, give me the plan, give me what I have to do when I'm lying on my bathroom floor and I feel like I can't breathe. Tell me what I have to do next. 
And of course, self-care is that step after awareness that I'm I'm lying on my floor because I don't want to stay there. You know, I still believe and I think it's really important when we're going through loss or grief or some sort of, you know, terrible experience that we have to honour that. You know, my beautiful Jacqueline, my therapist said, sweetheart, you've got to feel it to heal it. So I'm not saying let's all be Pollyanna and pretend life's good when it's not. I I actually believe this book is about honouring the tough times, but how do we truly create a pathway back to self-love when we when we don't feel so great? So, Kimmy, in your book, the, the first thing you talk about is about why people have fallen out of self-love. And I guess the fundamental assumption there is that people are in self-love in the first place. So do you think that everyone is born loving themselves or that everyone starts to love themselves at a young age and then they fall out of it? Or is it the case that some people have never loved themselves? Oh, I think a baby is pure love and I think a child is pure love and it's probably more around that age of eight, seven, eight, nine that we start having meaning on the world, uh, in the world and, and having this thing that maybe we're not good enough. And unfortunately, sadly, I'm hearing it's even getting younger now where, you know, young children are saying, am I pretty enough? Mummy, should I? I don't want to wear that because someone might not like me. And it's that languaging. And I've got a theory around that, that it's it's learned behaviour. I mean, you cannot tell me that a, be- a beautiful brand new baby is not pure love. And therefore, I think it's learned behaviour or experiences that we go through without the tools um, to keep in this in the cycle of love. So yes, I do believe we fall out of love and and we can it's a, it's a journey, it's a dance. We fall in and out of love when we feel great, you know, some you could say we're in love again and unfortunately we can get tipped out the minute we see a negative comment on social media or we question our self-worth when we don't do so well in an exam or when someone leaves us and they've called the relationship off and that's these are all the times that we feel like life's so unfair. But here's the thing, I'm sure you'll both agree, I'm yet to meet anybody that doesn't suffer or struggle at some point in their life. And and we do not have Mack truck moments where we get sideswiped. And, you know, Brett, I, I talk about, thank you, thank you for allowing me to share your story, but I talk about you when you had a big sideswipe truck moment when your wife, you know, told you it was over and... And so I think sometimes we have these unexpected, horrible challenges that we're faced with, but are we going to use these times to define us or are we going to use them to create an opportunity to have more growth? And I know when we're in the depths of despair <laughs> to have somebody say, oh, this is such a gift and, oh, you're going to grow and your heart's going to expand. <laughs> I mean, you just want to punch probably the person that's saying that. But if we're really honest and we look back on those tough times, we realise that they are who we are and what we've created to have us lead us to a place where we are now. And it's not until we move through those, and I truly believe that self-care is the way through, up, out, and over, that we can actually turn back and go, I'm grateful that that happened. I'm not saying we're grateful when we lose somebody, but even then when we lose somebody, and let's face it, we are going to lose people that we love in our lives then instead of focusing on the fact that we've lost them, how about celebrating what they were in our life? And once you've worked through the grieving process, I share another story in there where beautiful Cindy's father lost his wife, and but he never talks about the loss of her. He always talks about, I was married to the most remarkable woman for 49 years. And my beautiful mother-in-law, when she lost 
when we lost my beautiful sister-in-law, her daughter, to suicide. I never hear her say that it's you know how gutted she is. She's gone. I I know deep down she must feel that incredible loss, but she says I am so blessed, so grateful to have had my daughter for 36 years, and all the people, including yourselves, I. I, I honestly can say you guys are part of my mentor mentors and you are people that I truly love spending time with because you fill my tank and and I know you've all been there for me when I've fallen out of the circle and I'm truly grateful and I think writing this book has given me an opportunity to reflect on the fact that when you put yourself out there, when you actually ask for help or when you say, as I say to Cindy O'Meara at times, I'm just a level one soul right now and I'm asking for coaching Um, when I've been a brat or when I've yelled at my children and felt guilty or when I've not been very nice to my husband and I'll ring Cindy and I say, I'm a level one soul. Can I please bleat to you? And she allows me to bleat. And then I'll say, now you need to coach me and kick me up the butt because I think it was inappropriate. And she goes, absolutely. And it's just so nice to have people in your corner that, you know, that can lift you when you're down, but also give you some really strong support and guidance when you need it. And so, yes, Britta, I do believe that um, that the the circle has given me a framework a framework in order to work through those tough times, but certainly celebrate the good times. It's really nice, Kimbo. I love the circle. I think it's really cool and, and it's a great little model. And when you look at many self help books, and you know, let's let's be honest here, this is another great self help book, and it should be a bestseller. It should be fantastic. People should be embracing this book and just chewing it up. There's a part that you write in the book that really resonates with me. Recently, I watched a play about suicide, and the girl in the play speaks about um, she didn't know that she was ugly until you know someone texted her and told her that she was ugly, and you know that she didn't know she was a bad person um, until someone told her that she was a bad person. She didn't know that she should kill herself until you know someone told her that she should kill herself, and so there's these sorts of things that kind of been playing through her mind recently. And in your book, you write about you. Um, experiencing racism and uh, you you know you're playing high level netball um, you're rising through the ranks and you're playing really really well and uh, and you get backstabbed by your teammates or actually I think it was by your coach I think you talk about um, one of your coaches on the sidelines you know uses a racial slur um, and uh, and that would have gutted you and it, it got so many people and people listening to this podcast would resonate with that and they go oh my gosh like these days, people don't often know where to turn, but I think it's great that you've got that circle in place because that's a model for which people can pull themselves out of it. Back then, when you got racially slurred, how did you pull yourself out of that? How did you rise from the ashes and you know, and and, and continue to become a champion? Well, I don't think I actually knew anything about it at that stage. I was 18, 17, 18, and, and here's the interesting thing. Yes, she called me, you know, we'd played a great game. I got off the court and I just happened to be standing next to the manager and she said, you know, she's she's not playing that great. Let's face it, she's a honky. And in New Zealand, that's a, a name for a Pakeha or a white person. And and I took it very derogatorily. And when I looked around and realised I was the only honky or white person in the team, mm. I realised in that moment that she was talking about me. And for some reason, I let that affect me so much that I never regained the confidence to play at the level that I actually thought I could do. And and I really reflected on this story for many years. Now, here's, here's the fascinating thing. Maybe she wasn't talking about me. Maybe True. she hadn't even made the comment about me, but mm. I took it that she did. And so, gotcha. therefore, I sabotaged myself to such a point 
that I never played to the level that I wanted to. Now, hey, there's another side to that. Maybe I would never have made it. But the reality is I let it affect me so much that I I chose to use that meaning in that moment mm. as to the reason why I never got to the top, mm. which is why I left New Zealand and, and went travelling and hit Melbourne. And, you know, there's no accidents. I met a man called Cliff Young, as you know, and then mm. as, you know, history went on and I ended up running for Australia. So in hindsight, looking back, yes, I could say it was the worst thing. Then again, I questioned it as I got older and thought maybe she hadn't said it. Maybe she had, maybe she hadn't. Then I I look back and I go, but that led me to getting to Melbourne. And then, then I ended up meeting Cliff Young. Do you know, the, the, the symphony, the, the, the tapestry of life is so profound when you really take a look at it. Is it accident? Is it preordained? Or is it just that there is a beautiful life in front of us? And depending on the choices and the decisions we make when opportunities are put in front of us, that leads us to a certain outcome. And I personally after having seen the film Sliding Doors many years ago, doesn't matter what choices you make through your life. Well, it does, obviously. Um, but I love the way Wayne Dyer says it. You know, maybe at 16, there's three doors of opportunity like me. I, I had one door where I could have kept trialling for the netball. I had another door that said try and go and play for a club. And then I had the other door that said quit netball altogether. And I chose door one. And then two years later, I had the opportunity to try and go for the under-21s or go over to Melbourne, or whether I should go to university. And I chose chose door two and got to Melbourne. And then, you know, I keep to, he talks about these doors of opportunities and depending on which one you take. And I love his analogy of, you know, what, what about the unlived lives? What about the doors that you didn't take? And I love that question and that pondering. But I also really appreciate and love the fact that he believes ultimately we still end up at the end point. We just take different doors and different routes to get there. And I guess the way that helped me when we lost my sister-in-law to suicide was that I decided that my beautiful sister-in-law was always going to die on the 4th of February 2005, but depending on the doors that she had chosen through her life, it ended up sadly being suicide, but it could have been cancer, it could have been a car accident, it could have been something else that took her, but the only way that that makes sense to me is why does a two-year-old die from leukaemia and why does a 90-year-old who drinks and smokes all their life, you know, fall off the table at 90 sipping on whiskey so to me it's I know Mm. yeah and and I found that therefore to me it's not about the outcome it's how we journey and navigate through life that is is what really matters and you know Kimmy I think what you're saying is amazing and and when you can get to the stage where you are grateful for those experiences then it really is life-changing in the way that uh that you then see those experiences and deal with those experiences and use those experiences going forward as well. And I know that was certainly the case with me and with no small amount of help from yourself, Kimmy. So thank you for that. Um, And obviously your book, uh, you know, is going to be, we've got the Wellness Summit coming up in a couple of weeks, less than two weeks, I think it is now, Kim. And you're going to be there talking and obviously you're going to have your book there. So people will be able to get your book probably be able to get a signed copy of your book, maybe even like a cheeky little kiss on the front page. You know, you could just, if you really wanted to, I'm sure Kimmy would do it for you. And so what are you going to be talking about at the Wellness Summit? It is August 25, 26 at the Collingwood Town Hall coming up very, very soon, Kim. So is the, what are you going to be talking about there and, and how is that related to the contents of the book? 
Well, the book also throughout the hot, because of my love of essential oils, each chapter I have given essential oils, ideas and rituals in order to work through each of those chapters and each of those um, things that occur in everyday life. And of course, essential oils are a big part of my life. But I've noticed lately that a lot of people are talking about ingesting oils, whether it's safe or whether we shouldn't. And so I'm certainly going to be talking about whether or not we should be ingesting oils and the safety around essential oils, given how many people are now using them on a daily basis. And then, of course, I will be sharing which oils I think will help us get out of self-sabotage so that we can live a truly um, great and enhanced life. And, and, that le- and of course, I will certainly be sharing my poem that I've written for this book and for the reader, um, and, and I would love to, to be there. And the book doesn't officially launch until, um, in fact, September, but because of the Wellness Summit and because of you guys, that's why I've had the deadline on me. And we're only we're only bringing a few a few hundred books there, and and it's because of the summit and because of our loyal listeners on all of the podcasts that we have on the Wellness Couch that I really wanted to push myself to get it there to to share that because it's it's at the Wellness Summit that I have met some amazing people who have shared their beautiful stories with me, and I think you'll both agree that it's not so much the knockdowns because we all get knocked down at times but what truly inspires each of us even as speakers and certainly as as hosts of podcasts is the the profound and most incredibly brave and courageous ways that that people either hear something one of us says puts that into action and then comes back the following year and tells us what they've done and I don't know about you guys, but it it moves me to tears to think that something so simple like a 30-minute podcast, then a two-day platform where you get to meet some incredible people doing some amazing work, and then you meet the people that actually come to this, it just inspires me so much to keep doing what I'm doing because I'll be honest with you guys, this time last year, I actually wanted to shut the doors. I just didn't think I had enough I'd had the wind knocked out of me and I just I just felt like I wasn't going to make it with 28 and with myself. So I will be sharing how closing my doors 12 months ago, I now have not only launched into New Zealand, which I did on my 50th birthday, but I've also written my book and it. I'm probably very tired, but it just it brings me to tears to think that I have um, I've managed to do that. You're a champion. You are a champion, Kim Morrison. Can't wait to give you a cuddle in a couple of weeks' time when you get to Melbourne. <laughs> and uh, everyone else will have to get in the line because I'm going to be first. I'm first. I'm shotgunning that one. Kimbo, thanks so much for sharing your love and your message with us on The Wellness Guys. We love having you on here. We love you being part of our family, and it's uh, it's very exciting that uh, you've written another book. And uh, people can obviously get that at The Wellness Summit on the 25th and 26th of August, I think that's the correct dates, isn't it, Fredo? I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Yeah, know. that's right. Yes, that's right. I yes. just double checked. Twenty fifth, twenty sixth. Make yes. sure we get it right. Yes, <laughs> very so soon. Very, very soon. Absolutely. And Kimbo, um, obviously, after the summit, they'll be get able to get a, a copy of it. Uh, do they just go to your website uh, to get access to that? Yes. Thank you. It's 28.com, the word 20 and the number 8.com, and you'll see there's pre-sales on there. If you want to make sure, you certainly get a copy. Uh, but we're bringing we're bringing some books to the summit, and I'd be I'd be very honoured to, to sign a copy for anybody that's interested. Fantastic. That's the best. That's the best. We'll get amongst it, get around, and uh, support Kimmy. And uh, we can't wait to see you, Kimbo, in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks for sharing with us on the Wellness Guys show, Kim. 
Absolute we love you, Kimmy. Privilege. Love you so much more. Life is a competition and I must win. <laughs> We're not competitive at all. We're not competitive at all. <laughs> love you more. So, yeah. Love you. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au and to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.